Hello everyone, you're welcome to another episode of New to the U International Student Stories and we have an amazing guest with us today. Today I'm excited to bring the director for the International Student Office and I felt this was going to be the right um, guest to bring on since our podcast is about international students, life of, of international students, how international students can be seen, they can be heard and be included as they start their lives at the Un- University of Utah. Today, we have the director of the International Student and Scholar Services in person of Anastasia Fain. Welcome, Anastasia, to the new to the U International Student Stories. How are you today? Thank you. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you for having me today. I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here and to um, answer questions that you may have that would add to the overall experience of international students. So excited to be here. Thank you. So the first question I ask all my guests when they come on the podcast is, what makes you you at the U? What makes me me at the U? Wow, that's an interesting question. Um, <laughs> uh, for me, I guess it, it just comes with the role, the fact that I, I, I stand for with international students, uh, our, my office in particular, the team that I work with, stand to serve and support international students. So I think what makes me and my team, us, um, at the U is the support services that we have to offer international students. Um, the fact that we are their champions, although in some instances it might not appear to be so, but we are. Um, we stand to advocate for them and support them through their entire journey from when they first arrived to when they graduate and hopefully um, when they decide to give back as alumni. That's, I like that, but I wanted to find out like you as an individual, and I like that you've actually included yourself and your team and what you do for the international student, but like as an individual, what makes you you at the U? What makes me me yeah. individually in the terms of my role Everything, or personality? Like just your personality, your person. What makes you at the U? Oh, okay. So um, I guess for me, I'm a very laid back person. I might come across as talkative, but I really am not. <laughs> um, you'd have to get to know me a little more and the comfort level be at uh, a level where I can interact and talk to you. But I'm, otherwise, I think I'm a an approachable person. I hope that I am. Um, I am also, um, I'm an advocate when it comes to needs of people overall, but especially international students. But on the personal level, I love to read. I am a Jeopardy um, nerd. Um, It's something that I took to having moved to the U.S. several years ago and being stuck in a uh, a Manhattan house and having nothing to do. So I watched Jeopardy and I found that I was good at it. I hope that I am, <laughs> but I love it. I love to cook. I love to cook for friends and family and for events as well. And um, international education as a career came by as an accident, but a very, very um, pleasant one, one, one that I, I cherish. And um, the journey has been interesting so far. It's something that I, I'm now proud to tell um, people around me, friends and so on and so forth, that this is my career. It's something that I love to do. So as a person, I think I am. I stand for what is right, and I hope that students see me as approachable to come and talk to me about their needs, and as best as I can. It's always not a one-person thing where Anastasia or Anastasia can make a difference, but I'll try my best to support 
I think in, in your response, one of the things I can actually vouch for, like you love to cook, and I've actually had the opportunity of like eating two, three, four, five of your cooking. So yeah, I can actually vouch for that. Yes, yeah, she can cook. And and this is where you asked, also actually vouch that uh, Ghana jollof is the best. No, we're not going to get into the argument because we all know that Nigerian jollof is the best. So follow up to, to your response. And I think you've probably covered one of one, my first question to you. It's about like, can you describe your role as director of international student and, um, and scholars and what that entails? And I think you can also add on, like, in the field of international student that you work for, uh, that you work in, um, what motivated you to get into the world of education and especially international students? Sure. Let me start off with how I got into um, international education or higher education generally. Um, like I said, it was, it was totally by accident, really. I worked with the university back in Virginia and I actually work on the corporate side of that university. Um, I had nothing to do with student support, student facing, nothing. But somehow um, at that time of the company's um, evolving they had decided to offer severance packages to individuals. And I think they did not um, foresee that everybody in the international office at that time would take it. And that's exactly what happened. And so they were left with an empty international office. And so I think for them, it made the most sense for them to approach the immigrant amongst them, which was me. Um, There was this assumption that was made that since I was an immigrant, I I may be in-house expert on anything international and um, they, they they had asked me if I wanted to be a DSO at the time, and I agreed, really not knowing what I was getting myself into. Um, but as as time went on, as I got to know the role, as I got to know the support services that came with it, I actually um, started to enjoy it, and it became my career for about four or 15 years now and something that I enjoy doing. But um, specifically speaking to my role here at the University of Utah, um, so we deal with international students and scholars as well. So it isn't just the F students, it's also the J scholars, their dependents too, and the F, F2 dependents. So our, our, um, our role in the, U, in the University of Utah in terms of international students and scholars is a wide spectrum, really. You're talking compliance, you're talking orientation, you're talking student support services. Um, you're talking advocacy. Um, there's a lot of collaboration that we do with offices in and off campuses, um, off campus as well. So it's it's pretty much compliance, which is the biggest thing. Programming, support services, advocacy, collaboration on behalf of international students um, primarily is what we do. So our office is a mix of folks that are heavily compliance, heavily processing. There's also programming um, people in there. There's folks that do the scholar support service in terms of the J1 researchers um, that come in more on the um, more family-oriented side as well. So it, it's it's a variation of all these that kind of makes that holistic experience. At least that's the goal to have international students have a holistic experience while they're here on the University of Utah. That's amazing. I think that's actually very important because we do see situations whereby students see like the international office to be like the immigration center, quote unquote, whereby I just want to make sure I'm compliant and that's all the interaction they want to have with the international student office. Um, I wanted to find out from your experience, like 
the landscape of international education has evolved over the years. Like we see like influx of international students, not only in, at this university, but also other universities in the United States and in other countries as well. Mm -hmm. So what do you think has caused this trend um, or what are you observing has caused this increase in intakes of more international students, especially at the U? So I think that the contribution that the international students have with the American educational system overall is important. In fact, I don't think that international students at the U or wherever else in the U.S. are here by accident. It's an intentional purpose that U.S. immigration services have. There's a, um, a route or a pipeline to get them in. So it's an intentional process. And so for the University of Utah, I think it's part of um, the goal of um, first increasing student numbers and also the the that um, comprehensive international strat strategic plan that we have in place. It it includes international students. It, it includes scholars. It includes their dependents as well. And so they 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 one they enrich the curriculum. There's always that avenue to bring in diverse views, which also comes with diverse views from international students and scholars. The educational system they may be used to might be different. Their views, opinions on um, different areas of academia is also very important. And so I think they bring a, a rich addition to the U.S. educational system. And they also help with uh, the idea of, I think it, it sounds almost cliche, but they add to the idea of creating global citizens. It doesn't always have to be students who have traveled abroad or studied abroad that contribute to that. But the mobility in and out where they get to come in and also add to domestic students who have never been abroad but get to experience that through the eyes or through the lived experiences of international students. So I think the importance of international students is it's undebatable, but at the U uniquely, it's 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 a space that's welcome. We welcome international students. We're intentional about recruiting them. We have a pathway program that specifically um, speaks to that needs. And so we 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 see the importance on the academic side and then on the campus um, comprehensive internationalization plan too. So, Absolutely, that's actually spot on because I've noticed when I when I started fall of 2022 and compared to like the intakes of international students in fall 2023, we could actually, I actually saw that increase and I've just been here for a while. So I think just like you said, is the welcoming environment of the U and knowing that there's actually a department that's intentional about them coming in and just making sure their stays as comfortable for them um, and not decide to just transfer to other universities. But in light of that, I wanted you to share with us, I know what my challenges were when I started at the U as an international student, but from your experience coming from Virginia and, coming and, and being at the U currently, what are the common challenges that international students face when they arrive at this university? I think that the, the, the challenges that international students at the U face will not be any different from, excuse me, the challenges that international students in anywhere, any part of the U.S. would face. Um, one, it's that cultural shock, the sense of belonging. Um, there's also um, stresses in financial stressors. There's academic stressors because, again, like I said, the teaching system in the U.S., is unlike um, teaching systems that international students are used to. So these are all stresses that they also encounter. They um, they too encounter just that sense of making connections, making friends. Um, so while these challenges exist, 
the IEEE's office and I, I, I think other offices on campus also try to alleviate that one through the main um, orientation that we have for international students. I think cultural shock sessions are part of the ISSS orientation. And I know that on the academic advising side, they also have these avenues for international students to understand that they will experience cultural shock. But there's there's almost this light at the end of the tunnel where you'll experience it. But if you if you told the line of um, being open to um, other cultures, being open to learning and experiencing, then then you you have that sense of um, fitting in as you start to understand. Also, there there's some challenges that just come with the territory of being international students. Um, the compliance. Um, aspects of it, the fact that they're restricted in terms of how many hours they could work on campus or the fact that they could not even work on campus. Those are restricted um, compliance um, rules that isn't within the university's power to change, but also exist. And some students might view that as um, challenges. But And also the financial stressors. I know that for international students, depending on where they're coming from, um, making ends meet to pay tuition or just personal care items, support systems might be difficult. There are avenues, not just through IEEE-S, to um, at least support them to um lessen the burden of these challenges. And I know that we have scholarship avenues. We have ways to support students for tuition. Um, there's several other offices, the Women's Center, the Basic Needs Collective, the Dean of Students Office, who all come together to support international students as best as we can. So again, while these challenges exist, there are avenues to support international students to lessen these challenges. I'm glad you actually addressed that because my next question was was basically, you know, a lot of international students complain about the struggling with funding, they're struggling with accessing scholarship. And I have actually seen like when you go on the um, scholarship page of, of the university, you hardly see scholarships available for international students. I know we have like three from the international um, IEEE office. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of students just basically say they wish that was actually more. But all, another thing that you mentioned that I thought, and I really think is important that we actually mention it because I, I've come, I've been in spaces whereby students basically say they didn't know this was available for them or they didn't know they could access that. And I'm glad you mentioned the Basic Needs Center, the Women's Center, Women's Resource Center. And I wanted you to just, you know, say that. So thank you for actually putting um, putting that to us because quite a number of people don't know that they can actually access um, those resources. Mm -hmm. But moving on from that, um, what do you think the role of your office is playing helping students navigate the world of the complex immigration um, rules, regulations? Because in my experience, and I, and I do say to people, like, you have to make sure that just like any policies, they change in seconds, they can change any day. Mm -hmm. So how does the office like support like students in those situation uh, in the complex immigration policies that currently goes on? Yeah, for sure. So the first thing that I'll start with is students need to understand that. So while our office is there to serve as um, the guiding, um, the guiding persons or people to them upholding the rules that um, apply to their visa, there is a there is that room where students are responsible ultimately for their um, immigration records. We we try to do a lot during um, orientation in terms of and, and it can be a lot. It's a lot of rules. We don't expect international students to know 
all the rules in that, what, four hours that we give orientation, but we have an, um, uh, and a tremendous amount of resources on our website where we try to explain um, the benefits that are tied to the F&J visas, um, the do's and don'ts, um, where you should go to ask questions. I know that on IS recently we've started the walk-in hours, and I would highly encourage students to take advantage of this. We have walk-ins every Tuesday and Thursday. Tuesday we have it from 10 until 1 p.m. at Building 124. If you don't know that, please, um, it's supposed to be the Little White House building right beside the park building. If you go in there anytime between 10 and 1, Adiaso will help you, will support you with any questions you have about your visa and compliance. Um, and on Thursdays from 1 to 4 p.m., if you stop by the Union 410, um, Adiaso will be available to ask and answer questions that you may have. And as an international student, feel free to explore resources that are available. Remember we're DSOs and we comply with what um, is available through eyes.gov, usceis.gov, um, steadyinthestate.gov. And sometimes, um, while it doesn't happen often, there's been instances where students have come to our office and says, hey, um, I've seen this, is this accurate? Where we may have not have seen it because it's that early on. So share with us resources, research yourself. And if you find anything where you have questions, don't ask your friends. I get a lot of students coming to our office and say, my friend did so-and-so, or my, this applied to my friend. While it may apply to your friend, the circumstances for determining the eligibility might be different from yours. So we try our best to, as, as early as we can, once we get updates to um, immigration rules changing or immigration rules applying differently to international students, we send emails out. Please read your email. If you read the email and you find that there's um, portions of it which which you need um, clarity on, again, reach out to us, whether in walk-in hours, you can send us an email, international.utah.edu, or you can stop by during walking hours. Or you can also um, sign up to have um, an individual appointment with uh, um a DSO if you can walk in in person. So there are different avenues for you to stay abreast with your immigration record and make sure you're adhering to the rules. And we're here to support and guide you to that. I just want to highlight something that you basically said. Do not ask your friend. I think we find it easier to ask our friends. And in situations like that, what I found out personally is your friend doesn't tell you like the full detail of their of their situation and then you go with like the bit that you feel applies to you and then you go running with that and most of the time you get into trouble so i think it's easier to just go for the walk-ins and ask your questions at least you're getting the question from an advisor that knows what they actually telling you based on your situation um i want i want to ask you about the international education week which i'm super excited about but before i say that one of the areas i'm really passionate about as an international student is international students mental health um i am a big advocate for mental health but especially mental health for international students because mm -hmm. i have been in spaces whereby i've spoken to international students and i see some of them have actually left home at 25 at 28, they've never left their home country and I've come to a place whereby they don't know anyone and sometimes most of them have struggled. And I always give the instance of like, an Indian student I had a conversation with whereby he was struggling with school, he's never left home before. And I did say to him like, you know, you can actually access the mental health center. Mm -hmm. And he basically said like, based on his religion and his culture, those are not the things they're used to. And he struggled to 
to find himself accessing that. So my question is, how do we ensure that international students are aware of this service and how can we get them to access this mental health service on campus? Um, I'm, not, I'm really not sure how we can go about it because first of all, there are a group of people that don't know that this service actually exists on campus. And second of all, some people just feel like, um, I don't want to tell my business to this person because they're actually not sure if it's actually safe, even as I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and this is one aspect of uh, my job that I'm also very passionate about. In fact, I, I have presented um, several sessions on mental wellness that pertains specifically to international students. And if you there there's data, if I can't remember the exact numbers, but it's always skewed um, negatively toward international students in terms of accessibility. So while the resources are available, international students are less likely to access it because of the stigma that comes with it. It isn't, like you said, something that they're used to based off of wherever it is that they're coming from and so on and so forth. And so um, at orientation, we try to um, hammer on that mental wellness aspect. I know that we have um, persons from the counseling center coming in to, to the um, orientation to explain the importance of accessing these things. And again, it isn't something that's easily accessible. Nobody wants to be seen as going to um, seek mental um, wellness um, support. For instance, I use myself as an example. I'm originally from Ghana, and it isn't the easiest thing to do. It's almost taboo to, you know, be associated with mental unwellness. And so I get where most international students um, will be coming from. Now, one of the things that um, my office specifically wants to do, or at least I want to give as an initiative, is we started this monthly um, program called Global Beverages Hour, GBH for short. And within that context, what I've found is if you're not necessarily calling a resource or a program that's geared towards mental wellness, just mental wellness, students are likely to come. So not that we're, we're not... Um, we're not coaxing them under the pretense of we're going to talk to you about mental wellness, but then we're not going to call it that. But then um, tagging it mental wellness deters students from coming. So maybe on the context of having Global Beverages Hour, we're going to have a person there that's just going to talk about generally how well, how, how are you? What resources do you need? And also amplifying the fact that these resources are available. With COVID, one of the advantages with COVID is now there's um, um, tele- um, health medicine yeah. so you don't necessarily have to be seen walking oh, no. to the counseling center you can get this resource um, virtually and so we, we try to push this as much as possible I know that the counseling center has many many resources and programming that are available to international students as well that international students can tap into and so while they may exist the the probability that international students will tap into it is lower. So I think where we need to work harder on is getting um, the interest or getting international students to actually seek the help that they need um, if they're experiencing um, these um, situations. That's actually spot on. Um, just like you said, like and just like you were doing, I'm very passionate about um, international students' mental health. And the more we just put it out there to let them know like there's help available for you and you can actually access this help, um, and you're not probably not going to be charged for that, you know, just go in and seek the help that you basically need as early as you can. And if you also see 
your friend or you see your next door neighbor or someone in your class that is actually not 100% of themselves that you've known them to be, just know and try and reach out and let them understand that, you know, there's this resource available that you can actually access. And one one quick thing that I wanted to add, um, the IEEE's office, this is, um, this is going to be a, an entirely new position and it hasn't existed at all called the case manager that is going to be filled probably before the, this month ends, and it's tailored specifically towards student general wellness, you know. So you're experiencing mental and wellness, you're experiencing stressors, and you'd rather come to the IEEE's office. You have this individual whose sole job it is is to interact with students on that level. No compliance at all. It doesn't have to be anything to do with your visa, that you can interact with this person, and then they would serve as that liaison or connection with the uh, counseling center, the dean of students' office, academic advising, etc. And so, once this rule comes live, I hope that international students will take advantage and engage with this um, individual in the role to help them advance in other areas outside of compliance. I think I speak for every international student. Basically, say thank you for providing that because um, we just need somewhere to go to. And if there is, if we don't want to go to like a general place, good to know that, that we can come to international office and that service available. Um, where do you see the future of international education? It's going to continue to grow. There, 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 there is, there's that endless um, or vast opportunity for growth in international education. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a proud member of the NAFSA, which is the Association of International Educators. And every time that we have a conference, it's no less than 10,000 individuals who have different aspects of international education that uh, converge in that space. And so I think it's just going to grow. Um, schools, or at least the University of Utah's passion or doors are wide open for international students. We want them to come. Um, we're going to continue to create avenues, not just for them to come, but for them to stay, right? To feel that sense of belonging. We're going to create um, spaces for diversity, inclusivity, equity, because that's what you want. You know, it's one thing to say we want you to come, and it's another thing to want these individuals to stay. So not just creating, uh, coming up with um, awesome strategic uh, plans for enrollment and recruiting, but we're also going to create spaces so that international students come and stay, feel that sense of belonging, and potentially give back as alumni. Absolutely. And I think that's one of, one of, the, one of the reasons this podcast came to be was for to have international students share their stories, be seen, feel included, and be heard. Um, I see you, I've read your story, just like you said, you came in from Ghana, you went through the process. I see like a success story. Like, so share with us your success story. I know your success story. And in my opinion, I feel like in as much as experience is the best teacher, I'm also of that opinion, like other people's experience is also the best teacher. And you sharing with us your experience and your success story from being an international student to where you are right now can literally motivate someone and basically say, you know what, I know this is my final year. I know I'm just getting into this program, but I got this. Sure. I, I, I see international students' journeys are, as just a journey of many, many, many possibilities. There's so many international students that occupy my current role and other roles who all started as international students. So I, the hurdles are there. The bottlenecks are there, but then there's also that avenue for 
for perseverance. If you really, really want to make a difference as an international student, the opportunities abound. Uh, while I, I did not necessarily come on an F-1 visa, I did come as a grad student. And so I know the hurdles. I know the stressors. I know the differences. But they're definitely something that um, if you set your mind to it, if you have a positive attitude, if you listen and learn and ask the right questions and um, pay attention to where you might fault in terms of compliance, the, the possibilities abound. There's so many ways that this could be um, a, a great adventure for you where you get to also sit in a, a seat where you're talking to other international students about how possible it is. So while there are challenges, don't always see the, the, the flip side of it. See the positivity of where you can be in a role to serve and support international students. So for me, um, my biggest takeaway would be I saw this as a learning experience from when I was a grad student to when I was pulled in to support international students and also a, an experience to learn. I learned from um, team members. It doesn't matter where you fall in the hierarchy of um, um, the team, but just taking the opportunity to learn from each other, learn from people that you report to, people that report to you, then you you, st you tend to expand your knowledge base and you have the opportunity to also give that back to individuals that want to be in your role so see the possibilities without the hurdles there's the hurdles but still see the possibilities see the possibilities i like that let's talk international education week and i'm yes. super excited about this this week-long program because i was involved well i got involved last year and it was super amazing and i feel like the international education week is like the week for international students to just come out and basically say, yeah, we exist at the university, we're here, and just, you know, partake of it. And one thing that, that's amazing about this year is domestic students are also involved. So sure. I'm loving the whole inclusivity that we call it, all the inclusiveness, diverseness, and all that. But let me just give you this time to talk about the International Education Week. Starting for sure, on the 13th for sure. Of I mean, I'm, I'm super, super excited for this week. And I hope that, I, I, I would hope that um, all the entire Compass community is as excited as we are for International Education Week. It officially starts off November 13th, and we're going to have an awesome kickoff um, to kind of like kick off the week and announce that International Education Week is in place. While we're not going to have the flag parade this year, we will still have a kickoff starting at 12 a.m. at the 12 p.m. a.m. Well, that's like early p.m. 12 p.m. at the uh, Marriott Plaza, the forecourt of the Mar uh, library. Um, we're going to kick off the week with tabling, events, so on and so forth. But for IS specifically, I know there's several awesome events that are going throughout the week. My apologies if I fail to mention some of them. I can only say IS specific and other events that I, I'm privy to be aware of. But that Monday... OGE, Office of Global Engagement, will be leading the kickoff event if you're able to join, join us at the library. On um, that same Monday, we'll also have Sim Gill, who's a district attorney. If you're able to show up, please do so. It's going to be at the Damkey Auditorium from... I think it's 11.30. 11.30. I will check my notes and make sure I'm giving you the correct time, but I know it's... Give me a sec. I have it here. 
I think the um, the district attorney is also an international student, and that's what makes yes, it very amazing. Exactly. That's why I want you just all to, to show up. Show up and just learn from him as well and learn from his experiences and his challenges and how he was able to rise all the way to where he is at the moment. So I think that's actually such a great guest for us to have for that week. For, for sure. To learn, to learn for sure. From. I hope you all show up and get the um, opportunity to ask him questions and also learn about his journey as an international student to now district attorney. Um, on Tuesday, we're going to have Global Beverages Hour with a twist. It's going to be celebrating international students. You're going to have the opportunity to pin your country um, country's flag. We're going to try to have some aspect of uh, representing your country through flag during that event on that Tuesday. So we'll send out an email that you can join us during that time. Then for us, the climax of this whole week will be International Night. For the first time in years, it's free for all students, international and domestic alike. Go onto the IEEE website or go onto our Instagram page, click on the link. While it's free, we're still going to need you to reserve your spot so that we can accommodate the number of students that come. There's several tickets that are still available. We're selling, uh, we want to sell up to at least 450 student tickets. We've only sold about 180. When I say sold, just reserve because you don't have to pay. So please go onto our website, reserve, come enjoy performances, dance, music, celebration, of course, awesome food as well. Um, if you're not a University of Utah student, you can still attend. You just have to pay $10 a ticket to um, come in. It's also open to the public as well. So if you have friends outside the U who want to come with you, let them know they can still go online and purchase a $10 ticket. That's amazing. Because last year, people brought, like some people brought their parents, they brought their sisters and brothers. You know, that was really amazing. I, all I'm basically hearing for this International Education Week is food. We're going to party. Everyone's going to come together. It's going to be really amazing. So I'm super excited about that. And let me throw in one thing real quick. If you are talented at anything, juggling balls, doing creative stuff with a soccer ball, singing, dancing, whatever, we still have, we're still taking um, signups for performances. And so if you'd like to do that, again, if you visit our website, you can do that. And also, if you plan to be at International Night, Come in your awesome attires, whether it's a country that you visited, a country that you're originally from, somebody gifted you an amazing um, outfit that you've been wondering where to wear it to, wear it to International Night, come showcase the beauty of culture diversity, and we're excited to have you all that day. Yeah. I think everyone should just show up because we're going to be trending on Instagram that day. We're going to be trending on all social media platforms. Thank you so much, Anastasia, for coming through. I was really looking forward to this interview. So I think my final question for you before I let you go, because I know you're very busy, is in three words, how can international students be their true authentic self as they strive and thrive at the U? In three words? Just three words. Give me three words. Okay, let me, let, me, let me make a four because this is going to okay. be a pair. The first okay. one is listen and learn. Uh, the second one would be create opportunity to thrive. Okay, you can't be in your room or in your dormitory or within your country cliques and then say that I don't have any domestic friends. Create that opportunity to thrive. And then third, see the possibilities absolutely see the possibilities um, that are available to international students. So while the hurdles abound, 
the possibilities also abound. So learn and uh, listen and learn, see possibilities and create room or opportunities to thrive. I like that. Listen and learn, create opportunities to thrive, see the possibilities available. Thank you so much. And it's been an amazing time on International Stories, new at the U. Thank you everyone for listening. Please, any feedback, any comment, let us know. Goodbye.